0: and now it's time for leadership of the leaf with dice and austin let's jump in with a cut and a light
1: and uh, welcome to another episode of leadership austin and i'm dice all right and today we're going to talk about something that's a little bit strange but it is the health benefits of smoking cigars wait there's a chance for these things to be healthy uh sure why not but right. first, let's throw out a disclaimer. We are not physicians, and nothing stated here should be considered medical advice. Please see your own physician for individual questions regarding your own health and habits. All right, now that we got that legality out of the way, let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about the the healthy side of cigars. It's not something that a lot of people um, you know associate cigars with
0: yeah uh, I, I get constant um argument from the wife about the health benefits of a cigar so this this is perfect this is kind of personal and also uh kind of by request
1: yeah a little bit a little bit of course you know i am currently smoking a cigar as we always do here uh i am smoking the Undercrown dogma maduro 2021 year what about you sir uh
0: i got the cao amazon basin With that uh, that little rope, the tobacco rope.
1: Yeah, the tobacco rope band that you get to smoke right through. That is, that's a very good cigar. I love that one.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Let's see how this works.
1: All right. Well, with that being said, uh, let's just jump in. So, cigars, right? We all know that a good cigar tradition, which we've spoken about in the past, can be almost like a meditative state, right? Yeah. A break from uh, the real world right a break from the real world well if you count that you could say that is a mental health benefit allowing your mind to rest reset let your subconscious work on a few things problems while you're kind of checked out and just give you a chance to kind of think about the world think about whatever you have on your plate
0: yeah, um, it depends on how you smoke. Most people uh, smoke it in a long draw where you have to inhale with the cigar and then exhale the smoke through your mouth. So it's kind of like a meditative like flow of oxygen. You know, inhale with the mouth, all hell <laughs> through the nose. That's type, that type deal. I'm, I'm more of a, a quick puffer. But I mean, either way, I'm still in that meditative state. Like I, I'm just taking a break from reality. Like once I light this, this cigar up the wife don't talk to me right now, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's better than checking out in front of the TV, right? Because you don't have that blue light from the TV. You don't have a screen in front of your face the whole time. You're literally just out, whether it's uh, now everybody, uh, you know, will get some flag. I only smoke in cigar lounges. Got it. I understand. So maybe you're not always like that, but you're still getting a chance to kind of reconnect with yourself and check in with yourself and make sure you're doing okay, which is actually a huge, huge benefit to your mental health, which as the pandemic in the last couple of years has proven is a huge issue in today's world,
0: Uh, even going to a cigar lounge, you're still uh, brothers and sisters of the leaf. So everyone is kind of even if they don't want to be they're kind of on the same page, or the same leaf, so to speak. Uh, I mean, it's one of those, you know, mm hmm.
1: So yeah, that's that's mental health aspects. Uh, you know, while they're not always uh, visible from the outside, I would say that that is a huge part of cigar smoking. But you know, going into this, I did do a little bit of research on this, um, and I found out that tobacco. Now, this is, uh, you know, this is from the an FDA paper. I got this from an FDA paper, so don't murder me. But tobacco is actually believed to aid in controlling your weight. Um, That's why, you know, you see some of these guys, I know a lot of these guys that run on caffeine and nicotine and they're like skinny as a rail. Well, their metabolism, their body never slows down from all that stuff. So it can be helpful in that aspect.
0: Well, I do know um, my wife was a cigarette smoker. so I don't hold that against her. But there was always a stipulation of when she was going to quit, or when she decided to quit. That I'm gonna gain so much weight when I stop smoking. Right. And I've I've heard her mother say the same thing. So I I can kind of understand that. I haven't did any research uh, pertaining to that, but I have lived it in real life. And okay, but I mean, if you work out and eat sensibly,
1: yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I've I've seen that a couple times where people have, have stopped smoking and they end up kind of ballooning up. I don't want to say ballooning up like a bad thing. They, they'll gain, depending on the person and their lifestyle, they will gain a few pounds here or there.
0: Yeah, uh, upon doing a little bit of research, um, I have read this. Uh, I don't quite understand everything that I read, but uh, I would advise everyone to give it a, a good read. It seems to be the basis for a lot of the FDA and all the other research for tobacco use is monograph number nine. And just a quick little rundown of what it's saying in monograph number nine. It is talking about tobacco use. And when it's talking about tobacco use, it's not referring to premium cigars, it's referring more to tobacco use as a whole. And when it talks about premium cigars, it's actually a less than 2% uh, for cancer causing cancer less than 2% FDA and anyone that's a tobacco hater is not going to look at it in that 2%. They're just going to group everything together. So a lot of the haters that that come out there, I do encourage them to read monograph number nine, and then you can talk to me about cancer causing agents in a cigar.
1: I will Um, say this is, this is premium cigars. We're talking about, right? Not, not the, not the Swisher Sweets, the gas stations, the black and milds, the stuff like that. These are premium cigars we're talking about. When he's talking about that 2%
0: correct. By all means, I'm I'm not saying that cigars are not cancer causing. I'm not saying that don't send me hate mail. I'm just saying the percentages of the research that was done for premium Mm -hmm. cigars is referring to 2% for premium cigars. Now uh, everyone has to always outweigh their pros and cons of what they decide to do with their vices in life. I mean, it goes with everything, even to driving a car fast and drinking alcohol to right. you know how much sugar intake you want to take in. So you do you, you outweigh your choices there. And I'm just going to smoke my cigar and meditate on it.
1: Absolutely. And and it kind of goes back to the old adage. Everything in moderation is pretty much the key to life a little bit. And I would say, but I did look at that FDA study, you know, FDA looked at 22 studies that's been conducted since the 1960s and they put this paper out back in 2015, I think, is what I was remembering. Yes. And and basically what they did is they studied men who were they studied men who were not prior cigarette or pipe smokers. And they found that up to 2 cigars per day, while not completely safe, this is this is from the FDA paper is neither associated with significantly increased risk for death from all causes nor smoking related cancers. Now, what that means is significantly increased risk. There is a increased risk, but the chances are not so much so like if you pick up cigarette smoking, your chances of of getting cancer are going to be like, you know, significantly higher than if you are obviously not a cigar or a cigarette smoker. But if you just decided to one day pick up cigar smoking and you smoke two to two a day, your chances of, of cancer causing, uh, get, getting cancer are not significantly increased for that risk. Um, but this all leads to how much exposure you have. Um, again, moderation is key. If you're smoking 10 cigars a day, well, you might have an significantly increased risk. I'm just saying, All right, there's a fun little fact
0: I'm going to share with you at the end, near the end of the the cigar segment about smoking 10 to 12 cigars a day. But I'll save it for near the end because I kind of like it.
1: (laughs) All right, sounds good. Uh, Yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, the the whole thing, alcohol consumption is usually... Whoa, 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 whoa. You said alcohol consumption. Is usually associated with cigar consumption. Not all what the I time. call
0: what I call, are you consuming?
1: Well, I'm just so tickled that you ask me. You are a beautiful soul. <laughs> I am currently drinking Lead Slingers bourbon whiskey. Lead Slingers is a veteran-owned company. For those who don't know, all right, it's distilled out in Oklahoma, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. What about ah. you, good sir? What are you sipping on? Cause I, I, you sent me a text before the show and you said mixed drink. (laughs) So I assume it's Hennessy and oh, I'm going with the good old fashioned
0: sidecar, sir. Sidecar. Um,
1: I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. But as always, we enjoy everything in moderation here on leadership of the leaf because that's what we are supposed to do according to, according to our wives, right?
0: Yeah, smoke and drink responsibly,
1: <laughs> please. Suckers. <laughs> well, I'm getting into the second third of this cigar, man, and I got to tell you, I'm getting um, uh, I'm getting some some dark chocolate and uh, espresso, maybe.
0: Uh, that's good. I mean, it, it is a Maduro, so it makes sense to me. Let's see, a
1: little bit of pepper. Just, just right there on the pallet. Yeah, just right there a little yeah. on the back end a little bit. It's good though. Oh, uh, this is a very good cigar.
0: Well, this is my, I think, this, yeah, this is my first time to Amazon basin and uh, yeah, I'm getting nice uh, cocoa mm. and there's some leather there, but the initial was, it was kind of, uh, what did I say? Grassy?
1: Yeah, that's what you said on the cold draw.
0: Well, it's definitely, it doesn't really have a grassy uh, on my palate now is is more of a cocoa mixed with a leather and, and I'm loving it I, I'm still looking forward to the, the tobacco roll
1: So, you know Something I always found interesting about that cigar Just a side side note <laughs> uh, You know, back before chocolate was everywhere, right? Yeah It was a delicacy in the Amazon oh. So I think it's awesome that you get that chocolate note from the Amazon basin. Just throwing that out there Oh, that, that adds up Hey all right so i you know obviously we're two guys talking we're not doctors by any means shape form don't claim to be don't ever claim to be um i'm not even dr j i can't even be you know or, <laughs> i'm not <laughs> even that good with basketball like <laughs> you know what i mean so it's <laughs> not there but uh you know I'm. I have used the FDA survey on my wife and said, Hey, look, you know, I could smoke up to two cigars a day and the risk for me contracting cancer is not significantly increased versus anybody who vapes, anybody who smokes cigarettes, anybody who smokes pipes, um, all of these things. And really it's my time to kind of, I use it to get away from my responsibilities after I've done everything, you know, that this is my time at the end of the day in the evening to come out on my back patio. Let's just have a chat. That's what we love to do. That's why we started this podcast. Um, and and just kind of relax and chill. And I think that's the other cool thing about cigars and their health benefits, if you will, that social aspect of it too, you know, you kind of get advices from all walks of life.
0: Yeah, the, there was a time where, uh, I, I don't know, I guess I was just angry or just a grumpy guy. I don't know. But the wife was like, Jesus Christ, will you just go out and enjoy a nice cigar and then come back in or something? Jesus Christ.
1: And I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> no, all right. And of course I, I it was a, a like a petite Corona or something. It was something small. And I sat out and I enjoyed it. I think I actually had a beer with it. So it wasn't like you know too extravagant, but it was enough just to relax me from I, I guess I had a bad work week or something and I just come back in and she was like oh there's the dice I know
1: yeah yeah I've, I've had those uh, you know everyone has those bad days those bad weeks those bad whatevers you know and and uh it's just some of those something to sit there and just go you know what I'm just gonna take <laughs> a break for an hour just give me a, like an hour or two let me yeah. kind of collect my stu- myself and I'll come back in and I'll be better
0: yeah, but let me let me just enjoy this smoke without some nagging.
1: God, Jesus, <laughs> woman. <laughs> yeah, and everybody has everything different. So, I mean, those are the basic health benefits that doing doing the research by all means. Uh, those are the basic um, health benefits of cigars that I have found.
0: Okay, well, I had some fun facts I was going to share with you. Are you ready oh. for them?
1: I love fun facts.
0: All right, these fun facts I'm willing to share. I did a little research to make sure that I wasn't just talking out my ass. So, one of the prolific uh, cigar smokers that everyone should know is Mr. George Burns. Mm. Old not the fact George. that he, not the fact he played God in a lot of pictures, but it, it, I think it's uh, kind of ironic that God was smoking <laughs> cigars. But one yeah. of his one of his famous quotes that I had to actually like look into just to make sure that it wasn't just something he was saying to be funny because he's a comedian. He said, if I would taken my doctor's advice and quit smoking cigars when he advised me to, I wouldn't have lived to go to his funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> George Burns lived until he was 98 years old.
1: That sounds like a ripe old age to me.
0: He smoked over 10 cigars a day. 10 cigars a day. And he outlived two of his doctors.
1: Dang. (laughs) So I'm like, what the? Uh, Well, you know, you hear these stories about people. um, Who was it? Was it the... There was a guy? Oh, was he? He was a, a war vet. And well, I think he was a Tuskegee Airman. Yes, sir. That's the second one. You're right on point. Okay. He lived to be 112. If I remember 112,
0: 230 days. He's the oldest man in the United States before he died. As of right now, he's the oldest in the United States.
1: Yeah, 112,
0: 230
1: days. I I mean, good Lord. That to me, that man is a certified badass motherfucker just certified all, right. all day every Not, day i'm
0: i'm just going to quote what he told cigar aficionado because i actually oh. have the magazine that he was in when cigar aficionado interviewed him he oh, said oh i can't wait to hear this i smoked 12 a day when he was 109 years old he smoked 12 a day but i don't inhale them it's a good taste let your lungs stay clean his words <laughs> his words, his words. At that time, he was 109, smoking cigars, talking about keeping his lungs clean, which lets everyone know he doesn't inhale them. He lived to 112 and he smoked 12 cigars a day, sitting on his front porch, normally drinking whiskey. Mm. Badass.
1: I will, if I can live to be that old, if you and me can live to be that old and be neighbors, I would love, that'd be my dream right there. Just-
0: I will have to, i get a rocking chair,
1: and we would bottle. sit on a on a porch, sitting like you have a bottle of Hennessy, I have a bottle of whiskey, and we just antagonize people as they walk past. <laughs> I, I will have to put my Hennessy in a jug just just to fit right. I don't even care. I would do whatever. <laughs> I would I would get a jug marked with three X's on the side.
0: You I don't to. even care
1: at that point. I'm I don't even care.
0: I'm hundred and nine years old. Fuck you. Give me my cigar.
1: <laughs> you know. You know what my grandfather said before he passed? What's I love that? this about this man. This, this my grandfather was a, a U.S. Navy veteran, lived through Halsey's typhoon, rescued people in Halsey's typhoon in World War two, Right? If you don't know, look up Halsey's typhoon. Admiral Halsey is it uh, was an idiot, but <laughs> that's a story for another time. But you know what he said to a waitress? He goes into this goes into this restaurant. He's surrounded by his three kids and like. 15 grandkids. And he looks at the waitress and goes, I think for dinner, I want the chocolate cake. She goes, sir, don't you want dinner first? He goes, I don't give a damn. If I have dinner first, I'm not he, at the time. He was 82. He's like, I'm 82 years old and I lived through a world war. I want my dessert first. Damn it. <laughs> and I Just loved that man. He was my favorite.
0: Oh yes.
1: So yes. yeah, all of these people, Obviously, I will say that the guy that, uh, uh, you know, Richard Overton, Richard Overton, that's his name, did say, I will point this out. Do not inhale cigar smoke. Do not inhale cigar smoke. I can't put that out there enough because I've heard people and they're like, I inhale the cigar smoke. (laughs) Jesus, (laughs) you sound like it, bud.
0: (laughs) There's a friend of mine at work. He's trying his best to get me to go play golf. And he said, you can bring your little cigars. And I'm like, dude, I'm not a golfer, but I gladly smoke some cigars. And then he said, I tried smoking a cigar before and I just turned green. And yeah, you're bound to turn green because you're smoking it wrong. That's bottom line is he was smoking yeah. the cigars wrong. But there's no, of telling him, he was. Right? He, he's, yeah. a, he's a cigar. Uh, he's a golf pro, right?
1: Yeah, he's golf pro. He's got to. He's got to do it. But so. The the overall view is you don't inhale the cigars. Use it as a meditative state, a social benefit state. Work on the problems of the day. You know, you got that, that release valve, so to speak, if you're smoking socially with somebody else. Or if you're not, you're, you're able to just kind of relax and kind of let yourself digest the problems of the day and, and the issues. And that can be a health benefit in and of itself. According to the FDA study they did not find a significant cancer causing increase of two cigars a day. Now that's somebody who does not smoke pipe or c- cigarettes as well, but that's, that's it for our cigar segment. Um, and after this break, we're going to get into the leadership segment, which is the seven common styles of leadership.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, which I kind of enjoy because you can compare these to people you actually know and then you would be like, ah, I know what kind of leader you are.
1: That's also fun to see what, you, what leadership style you are by nature.
0: Yeah, we'll discuss it all after the break.
1: Yep. Don't forget, we need to follow the podcast so we know when new episodes drop.
0: Well, welcome back. Uh, We discussed um, some health benefits, but now we're going to talk about the leadership portion. And uh, contrary to popular belief, a leader has nothing to do with the stature of hierarchy. It's more about developing a a positive attitude and transmitting it to others to encourage them to reach a common goal.
1: Mm, That is very interesting to me because most people will say that I, I would say, If you're an underling and you're looking up and you have a boss, there's a problem that you see within your organization, your team, your company, whatever, you're going to blame that on the boss. He doesn't structure us right. He does not do this, that, or the other thing. Right. And I, I don't believe that's true. I think it's, I think it's how you come across and what you have to lead. Yeah, definitely. So the seven, seven styles of leadership common, common, very common styles. These are the most common, most, I'd say everybody would fit into at least one to two of these, you may kind of flip-flop between two. Uh, I know that I fit into a couple of these and as I have grown in my leadership training and my leadership matured in my leadership styles, I am able to flip between them a lot easier than I was when I was first starting out.
0: True. I would agree uh, with that wholeheartedly and um, after we discuss them, we'll, we'll, we'll bring that back around. We'll become full circle.
1: All right. So the first one is the autocratic. Uh, now that's a fancy word of saying, do as I say. Do it. I don't care. I'm in command. I'm in control. I make all the decisions. I don't care what you have to say. Do what I say and do it how I say to do it. Uh, yeah. you, usually these are I would say younger people.
0: Yeah. Younger people that just get that, that first taste of I'm the one in charge.
1: Right. They are usually that's usually because they are insecure within their own leadership skills,
0: Right. they, they always think they know more than everyone else.
1: Right. It's just, I, I'm God right now this. None of these leadership styles should be discounted in any way, shape or form. They all have their places and their times and their uses, right? If you like in this, this autocratic style, if you think about, if anyone's ever seen the movie full metal jacket, right? The drill sergeant, uh, Good movie. Good Ar- movie. Arlie Ermey, right? Yeah. He is, you know, who the fuck said that? You will do that. choke yourself. Yeah. You know, don't bring my, my hand to your throat. You bring your throat to my hand. <laughs> That's your autocratic, right? Yes. So that is, that is the, a drill sergeant type mentality. Now these are usually good. If you have a young team, uh, if you have uh, if it's an emergency, if there's a fire in the building, I really don't have time to sit there and go, Hey, what does everyone think we should do about this fire? I will, t- Scream and holler until I get somebody to get me 911, get me a fire extinguisher, and help me put this damn fire out.
0: But well, it's usually commands that are quick, concise, and direct. Mm-hmm. You go get the fire extinguisher. You call 911. You grab all the women and children and get them out of here.
1: Go down the stairs. Don't use the elevator, idiot. <laughs> Is that why they put
0: those signs there?
1: Yeah, that's usually why I put the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten CPR certified every year for the last 13 years. And it's always the same thing. You, the you <laughs> go get the AED. You call 911. You yeah. get, get me a whatever for the, get me a pillow, elevate the legs. AED.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah. you always have to like directly point to someone. You always have to make sure that whoever knows you are talking to them. Yep. So that that's pretty much you know do as I say, that's definitely hundred percent autocratic, hundred percent through and through.
1: Yeah. So that's the first first style. Um, the next one would be authoritative.
0: Well, that sounds like it could be almost autocratic.
1: It, it could be, but it's not quite right. So All I right. think this I think this is more along the visionary lines, right? Like if you think of, um, my wife is a Disney fanatic. I watch all the Disney movies. I have a four year old. <laughs> I watch Disney movies, right? Um, this, these are the villain, the villains, right? Fools. I am going to be king
0: right, right.
1: there. You know, like there's going to be a king. Oh, I'm going to do it. They have a vision. They're going to tell that team, Hey, this is my vision. And then they're going to basically get push that team to make that vision happen. It's not clear, concise directions. It's here's where we're going, get there.
0: Uh, Villains, the example of using villains, it reminds me, I don't know if anyone saw Austin Powers when Mm. he had Austin Powers like tied up or something and he was gonna give them to the sharks. I can't remember exactly how it was, but his son was like, give me the gun. I'll shoot him right now. But uh, Doctor Evil was like, "No, let me explain everything." He's like, yeah. "Why would you explain it? Don't explain it. Just give me the gun. We'll shoot him now." And it's like, "No, I have to explain." And he goes through this whole long elaboration <laughs> of what he's going to do. It's, yeah, it's like he's showing, he's telling everyone his vision, his goals, what he's trying to do, and he leaves it for his henchmen or whatever to carry out those orders. <laughs> and then, of course, Austin Powers get out of the yep. trap and. You know, the hero wins and all that. Yeah, monologuing. His son, his son was right there on point. Like,
1: no, give me. The, I'll shoot him now. He's done. Yeah, we, we, can, we can be done with this. <laughs> no, I got a but, vision of how I want to do this. Yeah, I must prove I'm better than he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, oh, what the old Batman movies? I got them all
1: tied up. <laughs> and let me start monologuing. Like, explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, but the, uh,
0: the villain has all the authority there. He is—he's right. letting out, he's giving everyone his vision, and yeah, that's what authoritative.
1: Yep, hundred um, percent. So uh, those are those are two kind of similar. Um, if you fall into these, not again, not bad. There's nothing wrong with being authoritative. Uh, again, if you have a young team that's very in inexperienced it may be good to explain, Hey, this is where we're going now. Go. Let's go. Let's go forth and conquer. Hey, let's let, what do you guys kind of think? Oh, you think this, you think that, all right, kind of what? Yep. Those are great ideas, but that's not how we're going to do it. We're going to do this. I'm going to put him in a cage with lava with one inept guard, and he's going <laughs> to escape because I'm in a monologue. <laughs>
0: we we need to perform this task, build this widget for these reasons and mm-hmm all the great ideas, but this is the way we're going to do it, because this is how we have to achieve the goal. And this is the reason why. Yep. So that, that takes it away from the,
1: the villain aspect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are the first two. So then the next one would be what's called pace setting, right? Do as I do. Uh, usually this is something where it's like, Hey, I'm going to show you a process of how to build a widget. Do everything that I do, right? This is, I kind of liken this to, to those exercise videos when they're telling you how to like <laughs> do a push up or something. And then you're like, do what I do now, take your arms and put them at shoulder width apart and then go down. And it's great. Yeah. It's, it's very effective to get things accomplished. But if you do it for a long period of time, you start feeling like you're like, they think you're an idiot.
0: Yes, Uh, I utilize this tactic when I'm training, like someone that's willing to learn. They got to show the initiative and wanting to learn. Right. So I I will show you how to produce a widget the right way by the book. Exactly how it's supposed to be done. And once you master how you can do the widget, exactly how it's supposed to be done. Then later on, maybe we can learn some shortcuts, some tricks of the trade. I share some wisdom that I I learned over time of building the same widget. But at first, I need you to learn how to do it properly the first time, just like your instructional videos. Just, you know, like learning a new game, learning how to play chess. Right now, we're just gonna focus on how each feed moves, some of the rules of the game, and then we'll play later, which allows you to, you know, put your own little twist and spin on it. As long as you know the proper steps and procedures first.
1: Yeah. Um, If you're a leader who uses this style, that's great and short periods because if you use this for too long you're going to cause burnout in your people because your people are going to start thinking you are basically talking down to them you're condescending them right because you're going to sit there and basically micromanage everything that they do
0: you don't need to explain to me how the screwdriver work you don't need to explain to me how to build a box we did that i got that let's go you know like your gps Sometimes they tell you how to leave your neighborhood before you get on the highway. Like, come yeah. on, come on, guy. I wish there was a skip button for that. I know how to get to the highway,
1: right? I just yeah, don't it's...
0: know how to get to Phoenix. <laughs> I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to show my age. It's those old map quest directions where the first 20 <laughs> steps were how to get to the highway. And you're like, I don't need that page. You, yeah. just, you just ignore that page and you print the rest of them out.
0: <laughs> the first page <laughs> just killed the tree. Yeah, just, you just
1: <laughs> killed the tree for no reason you how to get to the highway got it follow this road for t- for 0.1 miles to get out of your neighborhood no shit Sherlock I do this every day so that would be the pace setting right do as I do uh, So the very next one and this one is I am I will I'll be 100% honest I'm not as good at this one it's it it is opposite of how I am as a person anyways but it's the democratic style of leadership right? It's a, you're the leader and you come in and it's, Hey guys, here's, here's the goal. Now let's all come together and brainstorm ideas and let's figure out how everybody wants to do it. Everybody gets an input on this and then, and then we'll decide on how to go forward. Um, it, it's really good. It is a good style of leadership. If you're working with an experienced team. Yes,
0: I, Generally, if I use a democratic approach in the leadership aspect is normally to do with subpar task, something that we need to get done, but it's not a uber priority. It's just I kind of want to give the junior group a feel of making decisions, right? Kind of like the, the authoritative where you're like, ah, oh, those are all good ideas, but we're going to do it my way. This is all good ideas. And we're going to try yours this time, little Billy.
1: Yeah. We're going to vote on which one you guys want to do the most, um, kind of allows people to, to, to grow, develop, um, and be treated like adults, you know, Hey, what do you guys think? How we should do this. So this, this one, you know, allows for that creativity. It it allows for people to grow and to develop if you're trying to develop them on, on trying to be a team and get them a little bit more experienced. You know it's that, that majority rule. Hey, show of hands for pineapple on pizza. All right, show of hands for no pineapple on pizza. All right, majority has it. Pineapple on pizza sucks. We're gonna go forth and conquer. Yes. I'm gonna get hate mail for that one. I guarantee it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I, I have a 14 year you old. Know, she loves pineapple on pizza.
1: Gross. We normally buy two. I stand <laughs> by what I say, people. <laughs> I me mean, all the hate mail. I don't care.
0: So just get two, like I do. Just buy two.
1: <laughs> yeah, eight mil. Yeah,
0: eight mil for the eight.
1: pineapple. Huh? Hey, I'm waiting for it. Um, so the Democratic is is pretty much self-explanatory. It's it's really good if you're trying to develop people. If you have an experienced people, and or or you have a young core of people, and you're trying to solve. If you're trying to be innovative, I like this one for innovation, right? Hey guys, I. Here's how we've always done this process and it, it works. Okay. What do you guys think would work better? Boom. You have creativity, you get innovation, you get all of these things that you don't get under the old other styles of leadership. Hey, what do you guys think? Maybe they come with something like uh, totally new that you've never even tried. And you're like, oh, that is a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but that's a great idea. Let's go forth and try that and, and we'll go from there. Let's give it a roll. You might learn something new. Who knows? Who knows? So that's, I like, I like that democratic one. Um, next one up from that one or the next style is, uh, would be coaching, right? Okay. I like, I like the coaching style, right? So, so it's somebody who's trying to grow and develop. It's similar to authoritative, right? You're trying to, or, or pace setting. You're, you're trying to develop somebody. But this is somebody who already has kind of some knowledge of how to play the game how to produce the widget how the process works and you can kind of go hey let's learn some of those tricks of the trade hey let's learn some of those shortcuts hey have you considered doing it this way
0: yeah uh a lot of times i look at this one like the a teacher asking the, a student like a question and he kind of gave he was in the right area for the answer but mm-hmm. the teacher like, have you really? What about this? And then the kid is like, oh, oh yeah, and this and this and this. Be like, oh, there you go. You're you're in the right direction. Now. You just give them a little nudge to push them in the right direction. Kind of like give feeding them to make their own decisions.
1: Yeah, um, I know. When I was an instructor, I, I used this one quite a bit because I would I would give people a problem a scenario. I said, Hey, here's your scenario. What do you do? And they would, Oh, well, you know, I would do this, this, and this. All right, that's great. So what do you, you do all that stuff, but you don't fix the problem. Why not? Uh, well, you know, and then they start kind of thinking of it and they, you know, Hey, well, what did you look at? Did you consider, you know, stuff like that? We then this, this leadership style, you don't really give a whole lot of direction. You kind of give them an end goal but no direction of how to get there. This one's kind of nice in that sense that you, again, that people are treated like adults. Yes. Um, You know, you see those team members as, hey, you guys have talent, you're undeveloped, but you have talent, let's let's get you developed. And so I'm not gonna give you a whole lot of direction. I kind of want you guys to figure this out on your own. Usually I kind of look at this as, if my people are very talented, if they're skilled, if they're showing me you know, initiative, they're showing me a want and a drive to do whatever I need them to do, I can kind of use this style a little bit more. If they're a shithead and they're always messing stuff up, I'm gonna use a different style with that person. That, that makes perfect
0: sense. Um, I, I did that with my kid. I'm a, like, maybe if you do the dishes now, you have freedom for the rest of the night. Sometimes she'll do them immediately. Sometimes she has to do them. At ten o'clock at night before she's uh have to go to bed. Her choice. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like natural consequences.
0: Yeah. That's
1: what I do. Um so yeah, yeah, you're trying to get the person the people to t- to tap into their own abilities to accomplish whatever that task, whatever that vision, goal, whatever that is. So that one's I like that. I I I use coaching a lot with with driven and and uh, talented people.
0: Well, you're, you're going to touch base on the coaching. I I would assume pretty soon. If not already, it's like teaching a kid to ride a bike. Yeah. You know, you know, most kids want to learn how to ride a bike. They they see other kids riding a bike. It's like, oh, this is great. So you, you pretty much show your kid, the mechanics of how to ride a bike, the pedaling and balancing and all that stuff. then once they actually get it, you kind of like give them a little nudge and then you let go like, Hey, look, look, you're riding on your own. And then they look yep. and they're so proud. And then they hit the mailbox.
1: And then, they, yeah, or they fall <laughs> over on the, on the concrete and skin their knee or something. Well, uh, Dad, why'd you let go? Because <laughs> you got to do this on your own, bud. Yeah, but
0: it's a valuable lesson learned. You know, uh, I lean too much to the left. I lean too much to the right. I got to balance.
1: Yep. It's giving those people a little enough rope to kind of, kind of mess up and hang themselves with, so to speak but uh, not in a dire situation where they're going to actually hurt themselves.
0: But being, being a coaching, being a leader, you, of course, you want everyone to succeed. So that's how you kind of do it. You know, you push the bird out the nets.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so the next one, uh, cause if you guys have, have noticed a the theme here, that we are going on a spectrum from task oriented to people oriented, right? There's this nice spectrum here. So in case you guys haven't caught that, just giving you a heads up. So the next one, more people oriented, would be affiliative. The people are coming first. This is that style that gets up and close and personal with people. You want to know, hey, man, how, or hey, person, how was your weekend? How are you doing? How's the wife? How's the kids? Oh, Billy's sick? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Is that going to affect your 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 process here? Do I need to help you solve this problem so you can be better at producing widgets?
0: Yeah, th- this is a perfect one that opens uh, a relationship with with your team, with your core group. Um, you want to uh, kind of establish an open relationship so they can always come to you with. Like different scenarios, not necessarily, uh, personal problems, but different scenarios in the work area, because Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't want your people hiding stuff from you. Like, I didn't do my TPS reports. Uh, okay. Let's, let's work with that instead of like chewing the head off about it.
1: Right. Hey, I didn't do payroll. Oh, why did you not do payroll? Oh, I didn't know how to do payroll. It's been, you've been at the company for 10 years. What uh, let's let's figure this out. Why don't you know how to do payroll? Let's let's figure out if there's a a personal reason for this or or whatever. The ultimate goal of this style is to basically connect and create relationships and harmony within whatever team you're in. Usually, uh, a lot of a lot of people will do this. I consider these guys facilitators more than leaders, um, because your whole goal is to create relationships within that team. It's usually used around icebreakers. You know, you get the, those icebreakers that kind of, that, hey, this is a new team. Let's get everybody to know. I'm Joe from accounting, or I'm, uh, you know, Susan from HR, or I'm Billy from uh, IT, or, or whatever the case is, you know, you're trying to get everybody to get to know each other. You're trying to connect everybody as a team. Um, you guys want to connect with the team more than accomplish that goal, that vision, that widget, whatever that process is.
0: By this point, I think you use the word facilitate. By this point, you're trying to facilitate growth. You want to facilitate growth amongst everyone that you're, you're leading over. Right. So that That's the whole point of it is, is to, to facilitate that growth amongst a group to make them better as a whole. Uh, you mentioned before, it's like training, training someone to be your replacement. This this is that stage where you, you want to have that open communication so where you can mend You know problem areas
1: right right it's it's that hey boss i didn't do the the report because my wife called me and she got into an auto accident oh huh well do you need time off do you need is she okay like you're starting to like let's you know uh, okay hey whatever or hey man i or person or female or what, whatever the case is. Hey, individual, I noticed that you are not submitting this on time. Is there anything wrong there? Is there anything I should be concerned about? Tell me what's up. Talk to me. Let's, let's have, let's have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Uh, a good reference. I guess if I had to put it in dice dummy terms, it's like the mother of a neighborhood, you know, yeah, you that yeah. one friend that has the mom. That's like everyone's mom. You're like, yeah. hey, Timmy, what seems to be the problem? Well, my dad won't take the training wheels off my bike. Oh, have you talked to your dad? Can you ride a bike without training wheels? You know, it's you're just showing compassion so you can get down and peel that onion back to find out what's really going on.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I've used this, this style when I have two people that don't like each other on a team. And usually I kind of come down depending on the situation, I'll, I'll set him down. Hey, what is your, what is your beef? Okay. You give me your side of the story. All right, now pause. Now you give me your side of the story. All right, now let's come together. Oh, I don't like it when he doesn't take out the trash. Well, I took out the trash for three weeks while he was on leave. And so now I'm just letting him catch up. Oh, okay. So this is a miscommunication thing, a, a perceived injustice. I, you know, I don't care who takes out the trash as long as it gets taken out. If you guys can work this out, it's better for everybody. And let's, let's come together as a team just to take the trash out, you know, yeah.
0: majority of time, uh, I can't say majority of the time. I can say some of the time that I have dealt with the same situation, it has led to a communication, lack of communication or a communication of different lifestyles. Yep. Like some, some cultures or whatever they, they talk at like, uh, my kid's ballet teacher. And when she asked like, why weren't you at ballet? That was a horrible impression of her. But she would ask, she would be like, why wasn't you at ballet? When in all actuality, if it was you and I would be like, Hey, I know you wasn't at ballet last week. I'm just curious to why you wasn't at ballet last week. Uh, was Everything said, okay. Say, yeah. But the way she said it, it comes off as like, she's angry that you wasn't at ballet when that's not at all the case. But if I know there was, uh, if I didn't know the communication and all the cultural differences in the, uh, the way she was brought up, the way she speaks, English is definitely not her first language, so it could right. come off as like, "Oh man, she's so hateful."
1: Yeah, she, no, she's actually not hateful. She's very concerned. She's just, you know, and that's the thing. That's something as a leader, you guys, that everyone should be aware of on their team. If there's cultural differences. Um, you know, you need to be aware of that sort of stuff cause that, that creates a huge impact on other stuff. Some people, you know, some cultures, I have people on my team that they don't care about the, the job until they have communicated with everybody on their team, asked them how their weekend was, got into their personal stuff. They don't care about the task until that happens. And then I have other people that are like, I just want to get the task done and then we can worry about what i did on the weekend and and what bar i went to and how how drunk i got and the chick i smashed, or or whatever (laughs) whatever the case happens to be i mean i work with a lot of i work with a lot of like 21 to 24 year olds so that's and they're they're male so they that's what they tend to to be concerned about so you know uh it's just one of those things where they they kind of tend to argue and i'm like look guys talk talk just talk to them you can work while your hands you know you can talk while your hands are moving Uh, You know, but if you do this together, it makes it all better. It just eases everything. All right. So the last common style of leadership is probably the one that irks me the most. Um, It's useful (laughs) in certain situations. I have the biggest issue personally, and I know I do. I know it's a weakness for me of implementing this, but it is called laissez faire is French laissez-faire l-a-i-s-s-e-z f-a-i-r-e laissez-faire and it is basically an uninvolved leader
0: i i've witnessed these type leaders and to me it comes down to laziness yep i don't want to deal with it
1: right now that being said i will say that it does have its uses if i have a team that somehow is more knowledgeable than me, right? If I'm leading a team of engineers on a problem and I don't know that system, but I have to lead this team, I'm going to tell them what the problem is. And then I'm going to get the hell out their way. You guys just keep me, keep me involved, keep me informed, but I'm not going to be involved in your internal team dynamic. I just, I need to know what your problem is. I would say that's also laissez-faire.
0: Yeah, um, by all means, if, if I'm new to the group and they're a group of plumbers and I'm an electrician, by all means, I'm not going to go be authoritative. I'm not really going to be affiliative because I, I really don't know my people yet. I'm, I'm kind of new to the whole game. I just have to trust that these plumbers of equal they 50 years of experience between everyone that I I have to assume that they are the ones I don't want to assume assume is not the right word. I have to have to trust. I have to trust that these experts in plumbing know more about plumbing than I do as an electrician.
1: Right. Right. So usually this, this leader will give basically no direction. And they'll just trust that the t- the people know what to do and how to do it, and they'll make the they they'll make the mission happen. I tend to use this. on their- So so this leader they they may not even be involved in the team, but this really this style kind of, in my opinion, it's only going to work if you're leading a highly motivated and knowledgeable team. If they're highly motivated, but they're not knowledgeable, you ain't getting anywhere. They're, they're just going to go around in a circle. It's like a monkey beating on a fucking nuclear warhead <laughs> with a wrench. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they may be motivated to do something, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. You know? Uh, so, and you also got to make sure that you, you provide regular feedback and you got to monitor performance because otherwise you're not a leader. So if you're not... Getting feedback and you're not monitoring performance and making sure that they're hitting their milestones, then you know really what are you doing? Uh, and, and I kind of like, um, you know, I, I liken this to to Crush from Finding Nemo. Coo coo Yeah.
0: All right, dude. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Crush when he was uh, teaching Squirt how to was the the stream. What is that stream yeah. called the EAC? Yeah. Whatever the stream. I'm sorry. I haven't seen finding Nemo in a long time, but, uh, Nemo's dad was like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And he was like, you gotta let him do what he's gotta do. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a horrible finding Nemo person, but you know what I'm saying? He just kind of pushed him out and let him swim in the EAC stream itself. Figure it figured
1: out. And, yep. oh, look at that. He did it like a champ. Right. And that's great. If, if. You know, again, if uh, you know if you have a highly motivated team that can that is intelligent and can figure this out, like if you have a a person who's just man, are they dumb or they just don't <laughs> get it? This style is not going to work. Yeah, I've you had can't, those you, people.
0: You can't let them loose.
1: Right? Yeah. If you're if you have a highly motivated team and then they're intelligent and they can figure stuff out, sure, you can kind of like reel back a little bit. But if you're if they're just I, I you know, if they're just dumb. I'm gonna call the baby ugly. I'm calling it what it is. If they're just <laughs> dumb. The style's not going to work and you're going to have more heartache than than anything.
0: As you mentioned earlier, if you paid attention to how each of these uh, leadership levels went, styles are effective as you was using them as you go down the list. Uh, by the time you reach The final was at laissez-faire. By the time you reach that, if you did everything properly, you should have a team that's highly motivated and uh, a very knowledgeable team. If you follow each step all the way down. But it's kind of hard to say because that means you have to have the same group of people or team that you have been leading for quite some time to go through each of these these levels. So, I mean, you can't just go from authoritative to laissez-faire. It's it's not going to work.
1: No. And, and and I would also say that these styles of leadership are also very, very situationally based, you know, if you're, if you're getting into a situation where you're like, man, these people are not doing what they're supposed to do. Switch up your leadership style, change it up to a more task oriented leadership style. If they're doing everything that they're supposed to be doing and you can kind of let go of the reins a little bit, focus on others, other priorities, do that. Switch up your leadership style back off a little bit, give them a little bit more space, focus on them as people, you know, maybe go to laissez a fair for a little bit, you know, and then come back and re-engage and be coaching again. You don't have to sit there and go step by step, by step, by step, by step, by step. You can, you can sit there and go, Hey man, this situation, or this, this area of the project requires me to be this kind of leader or, Hey, these, this team, is more knowledgeable. We've done this process in the past. I can be more laissez-faire. I can be more, uh, affiliative. I can be more coaching. I don't have to worry about this as much. Um, you know, so, so I would, you know, don't, don't sit there and think of this as a step-by-step process. These are just coaching. These are leadership styles that you should be able to flow in and out of I almost say with ease, but eventually with hopefully with ease, but, you know, hopefully you'll be able to sit there and figure out, you know, what the situation is and what that requires from you.
0: Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned near the beginning of our leadership portion we was talk- I said, we're going to bring this back full circle and you you nailed it. I mean, uh, you don't have to stick to a certain type. It's a situate. I, I call it a situational leader concept. So you depending on the situation is what kind of leader you need to be at that time. You need mm-hmm. to focus on the situation at hand. Is it a tasking project that has to get done then maybe like you're saying we need to jump back to the authoritative. If it's something that's just willy-nilly then okay go laissez-faire, see where it goes. I mean right. it's, it's all situational and each person that you are leading is also going to call for a different type of leadership style. Right. Like uh, if if I was leading you, I would probably be a little more laissez-faire because I know whatever task we're doing and you have the knowledge of the task. I don't need to babysit you. I know it's going to get accomplished. But if I have a new guy that just walked in the building from college or high school or whatever, like I'm going to have to, you know, be a little authoritative. I'm going to have to say, hey, let me show you something or you will do this because I said so type situation right. until they actually, you know, pick up what I'm putting down.
1: Right. And that, and that's, you know, it's something that as, as leaders, you have to learn to develop a, uh, say a sixth sense of, of these different type of styles, because you got to sit there and be able to go, okay, I get this. You're new. You're straight out of high school with like no skills. Let me show you how to do stuff. Then after a year or two, I can sit there and have sh- of you proving yourself to me, I can sit there and, and take a step back and be a little bit more democratic and, and approach you and your cohorts about, Hey, let's be democratic. Hey, let me be, let me be a more coaching guy, kind of person. Hey, have you guys considered this? Have you guys, you know, whatever.
0: And I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I'm a, I'm a cycle back to it's more about developing a positive attitude, transmitting it to your team, to others, to encourage them to reach a common goal. That's all this leadership is about pushing your kid on a bicycle. Your common goal is your kid wants to learn how to ride a bike. You want to teach them how to ride a bike. And lo and behold, I'll be damned. They learn how to ride a bike. So a goal accomplished.
1: So, so, you know, at the beginning of this leadership segment, you know, we stated that a leader has nothing to do with your stature or hierarchy. It's more about developing a positive attitude, right? So we we said, you know, they don't have anything to do with your stature or hierarchy. So, so, you know, it's contrary to popular belief that your leader does not have, have a role over your stature or your hierarchy because that leader uses these different types of leadership styles And so that may be something as a leader, you shouldn't, you know, sit there and worry about, well, this is my number two, this is my number three. This is my number four. This is my number five. Maybe you should sit there and think about them as, you know, undeveloped talent and you need to worry about this leadership style, or maybe they're all really good and you don't, can't pick a number two. And so you kind of just step back and let it be laissez faire. Uh, you know, and, and if you're that person that says, you know, Hey, my boss doesn't have a structured right. Well, maybe you should try leading, you know, because I'm the team leader and you know, whatever X, Y, and Z, maybe you should sit there and back up a second and make sure you're, you're not missing the forest because of the trees. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, and, and actually take a step back. And my favorite analogy that you gave me maybe take a step back and assess the situation coach <laughs> assess <laughs> it. Yeah. You got to figure out what, what in the actual world do you need to do? Because if you are doing something that you actually don't need to do, you're just pissing people off. Most likely.
0: Yeah. you going to, uh, was that foster
1: mutiny? Mm-hmm. I've no, had this, people,
0: this guy doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Well, I've had people, so I, you know, I've come into a situation uh, actually just recently um, where I had two people leading my team uh, or leading a team, I should say, and I came in and they said, hey, this is, you know, this is now your, your team, you go forth and conquer. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I know the individuals on this team already. We've worked together in the past and they tell me always, every single time, man, this is a night and day difference from person X. Uh, And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in feedback and I go, well, what do you mean by that? Well, these people were calling me every five minutes for an update. Like I, if you look at the phone log, I was getting a phone call every like five to 10 minutes, asking for an update, asking if I did this, asking if I did that. And you don't do that. You just say, Hey, this is what needs to get done. And you let us, you trust us. To get stuff done until we mess up and then you then you worry about what we're doing every five minutes i'm like well yeah because i know you guys if i didn't know you i'm going to be out there a little bit more and watching you guys a little bit closer
0: rightfully so because if you're leading the two teams you're kind of like ah, in a hierarchy position to where you oversee those two teams of course you want to see what what's really going on but if you know, your people got a good handle on it. then. you know, why milk a dead cow?
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, and that's something that I've had, to. I, you know, I try to coach everybody, but, you know, it, without, um, without the knowledge and without the ability to actually acknowledge that you may be messing up without the ability to say, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Or take that feedback to heart, you're just going to keep doing the same thing and you're going to end up pissing your high performers off. And you're going to keep letting your low performers slide by because you're not letting them fail and then holding them accountable.
0: Right. And then you might find yourself reverting back to an auto autocratic or authoritative, which, you know, majority of us don't want to do. I don't want to be that guy that says,
1: you will do this. Do as I say, do it now. I don't want to be that guy no not
0: not not all the time sometimes it is warranted it. but not all the time
1: right right and it's just it takes a lot more energy from me to to be that kind of person that's not my natural style uh i tend to be a little bit more trusting of people um my definite i know my leadership style that i fit into probably the, the easiest that i flow into um is probably going to be along the lines of, of coaching and affiliative. I, I care about the people. I want to know what's going on with them. I want to make sure that they have everything they need to succeed. And then if they go out and do something and I see something's wrong and I go, hey, what, what's going on with X? And they're like, oh, well, I was just getting to it. And I'm like, well, have you tried? Have you considered splitting this team up and getting both those tasks accomplished at once? Oh, I did. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, ah, got it. Learning moment. Let's, let's talk about it. And that's usually kind of where I fall into. And that's, um, that's good and bad because I have people that I need to be authoritative with or pace setting with. Um, and those people tend to let me down and I get frustrated at, because it just takes more energy because I'm not naturally predisposed, predisposed to be that kind of leader.
0: All right, I can see that if I had to pick for myself, I would say more affiliative first, then democratic, and then which leads me to coaching, right? But if I had to pick two, I would, I would say affiliative and then democratic.
1: Yeah. And that's again, there's nothing wrong with it. These, these styles, as we flow, as you learn them and flow through them, you will find what works and what doesn't work for each individual person, but A word of caution, if you try to do a style that is not, uh, your natural style, I personally have tended to find, and I'm sure that you have, that it takes more out of me to do that. Whether it's mentally draining because I'm the kind of person that pings a lot and I want to know everything that's going on at every single minute and everybody that's doing stuff and like a micromanager. You know if you're if you're that kind of person and you're trying to be a coaching or or affiliative it's going to take more energy t- for you to take a take that step back because you're going to have to fight your natural instinct um versus you know me who who i i that's where i just tend to gravitate towards
0: yeah it's one of those situations if you're trying to be something you're not it's not going to work out it's not going to come off as genuine um, you probably get laughed at, uh, it, it's just, you have to find your style, work with it, um, find your mentor and just move forward. Just, just learn the different ways, learn your path and figure out what's the best leadership style for you to move with. There's, there's no technically wrong one, but there's some that's going to work a whole lot better than others.
1: Right. And you know, and, and I, like we've, I've said a million times, I think already that everything is different. Every situation is different so uh, even if you're even if you are required by that situation to be something that you're not you're going to find out that it's going to take more energy from you um whether what you know and it, that may be the right leadership style for that moment it may be the 100 percent right leadership style um but man it's it's just gonna go you're gonna be worn down after it because you're gonna go Oh, I just want to do X. I want to know what's going on every <laughs> single time, but I got to step back and I got to be a- a- affiliated because this person, uh, you know, is, 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 they care more about the, the me knowing them as a person than the task. And I gotta, I gotta respect that because they're, you know, they're good or whatever. You know, it just, it takes energy out of you. And that's, that could be very trying for sure.
0: Right. Um, I am actually in the final third of my cigar. Yeah, me too. Uh, I hit the rope, and uh, it's, it's really giving a nice little um, flavor profile of cinnamon mixed with uh, the leather and with a back end flavor of that cocoa. So it, it's, it's turning out very well. It's like hot chocolate with cinnamon in it.
1: Ooh, cinnamon. Uh, or as my, as my four-year-old says, Miniman. <laughs> well, Which, I'm getting
0: I'm getting Miniman from the, sl- the rope band here. Uh,
1: you know, uh, it's the cutest dang thing, but I, gotta cr- I correct him every single time because I don't want him to be that 14-year-old still saying Miniman. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute now because he's four, but eventually he's going to grow up and people are going to be like, why are you saying Miniman? That's how you say it, right? <laughs> no. It's like, but Sp- it's like puschetti like no <laughs> dude, it's spaghetti like don't don't be that loser.
0: Yeah, uh, this it still
1: says puschetti.
0: Cute things. When I get old well, my kid is older. So every now and again she'll use some of her old childish things that she's like cute pepper, the cucumber. Yeah. Um flutterby, for butterfly. It's cute now, but you know, I'm almost the same way like, ah, I don't want you being a grown-ass person saying flutterby
1: right <laughs> um but you know and, and it, it's it's all well and good please find the style that works for you guys the best uh assess that situation figure out what leadership style works the best uh, as far as my last third i'm uh, i had to relight a little bit uh throughout this but take a final puff <laughs> i'm getting leather. Mixed with a little bit of uh, of pepper and and maybe a little bit of earthiness, it's it's good. I don't want to say cedar because the pepper and the earthy make me think cedar, but it's not cedar.
0: How is it pairing with your um,
1: with my bourbon? It, your bourbon? It's a bourbon whiskey, is what they it literally says on the bottle. It says bourbon whiskey. So mm. you know, hate hate okay. me all you want. <laughs> um, but it's, it's good. Uh, the, the smoky peatiness of, of this whiskey is, is giving that nice, almost bitterness. Um, that's, that's kind of helping bring out some of those smoother flavors of the cigar, which is, is really nice. Um, I enjoy a good bourbon.
0: I kind of wish my Hennessy, I wish I had it neat. I think if it was neat, it would paired better. But because I add the orange in it, the orange is kind of throwing it off. I added orange liqueur. Anybody knows how to make a sidecar? Use orange liquor and cognac with some lemon juice. The citrus is not playing nice with the cocoa and cinnamon. Mm. Um, whereas if I didn't have those, I would have just more of a caramelly fu- uh, floral note from the hennessey. Right, right. And and I think that floral note would like hit with the cinnamon. And the cocoa and a little slight leather, I think it would it would cause it to like, bam, baby. But
1: well, by all means,
0: live in Hopefully,
1: right? Hopefully you bought two. And this is why we recommend keeping a cigar journal. Uh, because then you can figure out what pairs and what does not pair with different cigars.
0: And that's exactly what I'm going to write in.
1: There you go. All <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know, we have gone over these seven different leadership styles. I think we beat the dead horse as much as we can beat it. You know, we've gone over the uh, autocratic, the authoritative, the pace setting, democratic, coaching, affiliative, and laissez-faire different styles, Uh, you know, and I think, you know, it's about just the situation, uh, you know, and before that, you know, we talked about the the health benefits of cigars, which is kind of an oxymoron in some aspects of that word health (laughs) benefits, right? Uh, but it's, it's very much an aspect that I think gets overlooked a lot by people and, and the FDA, um, d- uh, you know, t- we'll, will constantly try to put tobacco in a under one umbrella when, in my opinion, per premium cigars are under their own umbrella versus if you look at something like Swisher Sweets, black and milds, Mar- Marlboro cigarettes or even pipe tobacco. Those are different than a premium hand-rolled cigar uh, in my eyes. But of course, the FDA does not think of it that way. It's all tobacco is all tobacco. Um, But that's okay. But This has been Leadership of the Leaf. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you did, please hit that that subscribe button so you guys can know when new episodes drop. Um, We do put out all these bonus episodes, just like our uh saint patrick's day episode that we recently did which we had a blast doing talking about everything <laughs> green uh, yeah. smoking our candela wrapped cigars those were always fun and uh we hope you enjoyed the enjoyed it um i'm austin and i just want to remind everybody not to be that asshole <laughs>
0: if you're listening to this and you actually enjoy it uh, I hope you do enjoy it get something from it share it tell tell some friends get some Please. more, uh, get some more uh, people listening to it I, I like to think we're providing uh, solid information if there's uh, something you want us to touch base on by all means hit us up on Instagram or you can go to our website yes, is-
1: plume.wixsite.com backslash L-O-T-L
0: Best way to do it is just go to Instagram. Our link is in the bio of Instagram, Leadership of the Leaf on Instagram. You can see pictures. You can see what episodes is coming up. Um, Just, you know, just remember that uh, there's no such thing as a bad cigar. There's just better ones out there.
1: Absolutely. Till next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. The comments and opinions expressed by the host and guests does not reflect the opinions of those that broadcast the show, nor does it reflect any of our affiliates.